Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, everybody should have an outline once you raise it up if you got it. Wave it to me. Hey, hey, all right. And what is the title of this conference? Again, God's move through young people. And you see there's a certain word highlighted on this front page. What is that word? You. Aha. Uh -huh. So let's say God's move through me. How about that? God's move through me. Yes. And last night we had a great start. How about you raise your hand if you were not here last night? Oh, quite a few. So we had a great, why don't you turn to message one, that should be on page number 15, and we had God's move through whom? Christ. God's move through a person, Jesus Christ. This was the beginning of God's move on the earth about 2,000 years ago. God had been moving much before then, but when it came to Christ Jesus coming as God, not just the Son of God, but as God in the flesh, that was an accelerated move of God. We saw last night in the message five key sections of that message. I really enjoyed that message last night. Who remembers the five key sections? Remember your section? Oh, you weren't there. You were a different section. You weren't sitting there last night, were you? Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to message one. First point is the triune, let's all read the five key points in message one. The triune God is likened to a river. Again, look at me. The triune God is likened to a river. Okay, number two. The source of the river, the Father. Number three. The course of the river, the Son. Number four. The course, river, the Spirit. And number five, the destination of the river, body. Okay, now let's try it. You stand up with section, your section one, two, three, four, five. Stand up and declare the first point. The triune God is likened to a river. Okay. The source of the river is the Father. Okay. The course of the river is the Son. The flow, the destination of the river is the body. Let's all stand up with number five, because we're all the body. The destination of the river is the body. You're looking at the destination of the river. The river has reached 2017, March the 4th, Latham Springs. This is the river. This is the triune God. This is the destination of the eternal flow of God. Look at your neighbor and say, we're the destination, we're the destination of the flowing triune God. Then say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Then say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Wonderful, okay. You got to see this river. I didn't see this river growing up. I met the Lord in the fourth grade, but I didn't realize there was a river. It wasn't until I was on a college campus. How many are on a college campus? Okay, it's when I was on the college campus. Your age, 
You know what happened to me? This river met me. I touched this river through some other students. Fred Koch, are you here? Where are you, Fred Koch? Stand up, Fred Koch. Freddie. Freddie was there. He was in this river at UT Austin. And I touched his brother, and I touched a river flowing in him. I touched Neil Wilson. You stand up, Brother Neil. I touched this brother. River was flowing in him. I touched Kerry Ard. He was a little high schooler or junior higher. But there was a river flowing in him. Now there's a bigger river in him. I touched this river through students on my campus, and it changed the course of my life. Instead of heading for corporate America, I'm headed for the corporate triune God. The body of Christ, so much better. I'm so thankful. So this message here is God's move through young people. I'm on message two. You got it? So we're going to look at the scriptures. We only have a brief period of time here. Uh, We can't hardly touch much at all, but uh, we're going to look at five different groups of people uh, that were used by God in their day and their time for God's move. It's no different today. Don't think that these other people were different in any way. They were just like you, young people, and in love. Are you in love? It's good to be young and in love. Who are you in love with? Jesus. Who? Jesus. That's right. Last night we saw a person. So we're not here talking about a religion. We're here talking about a person. Knowing a person. This eternal person, Jesus Christ. So we'd like to spend some time to see how some others who preceded you found this person, and was used by this person to actually turn the age. Throughout history, there's different ages, different periods of time, and the Lord primarily uses young people to bring in another age. So we're going to look at the Old Testament and see how things were changed, changed through young people. Quite impressive. And we'll come to the New Testament and see how in the New Testament, even a whole New Testament, not a, no longer the Old Covenant Testament, but a new, much better covenant was brought in by some young people. And you know what? We're not finished yet. God is moving on your campuses, in your lives, and there's yet one more age to turn. This will be the final turn. He's chosen you to be part of the final turn. The others were a step, there were turns progressing to this last turn. There will be a turn, probably, hopefully coming pretty soon, and that will bring in a kingdom age. When Christ the King will return with his lovers and they will rule and reign on the earth for a day, a week, Uh, How old? 70 or 80 years? A lifetime? No. How long? 1,000 years. And those overcomers may even be using this facility. I'll probably use the UT dorms to house all the dear ones that want to know the Lord. They won't meet in the stadium. 
the UT Stadium. Instead of watching a, a, a dead pigskin move this direction and in this direction, I know it's exciting, I know. I live one block from the campus, and I hear the roar of the game and the excitement. I, I can understand that. We talk to the kids going on the way to the game. How was the game? If they won, we're happy. If we lost, they're sad. But in this stadium, there won't be a winner or loser because Christ will be back. And Satan will be locked away. The loser's gone. He didn't even show up for the game because he got kicked out. And we'll be rejoicing and using the stadium to praise the Lord, to take God's move further. Oh, so wonderful. I'm looking forward. I hope I make it, and I hope you make it. I will choose to be an overcomer. So this is your choice. We all have the choices, and so I hope we'll see everybody there. I hope you'll see me there. Lord Jesus, be merciful to me. So there's yet one more age to turn. So he has saved you to be born at this point in time at your age, to make this final turn. So this is probably the sweetest and most uh, uh, filled turn there'll ever be. So we want to impress you. So uh, first point here is God's calling the young... Let's, read, uh, let's just read the title again so we're clear. Go. Okay, so let's look into the Bible here. First, Roman number one, let's just read that. He's calling young people to carry out his move. That's why you're here. The Lord has called you here. You did not come here uh, on your own. You were called here. You may have thought that this was your decision and your plan, but no. Uh, God has called you here. You would not be here unless God himself had called you. So you're here, and God's work, A, in turning the age, he works. So it's not motivated by us that turns the age. It's motivated by him. He's working. And then B says God purposefully uses young people to turn the age. And there's two points here. Number one, how about the guys read number one in the verse under that one? Go ahead. Okay, let's read it again, coordinated. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, traitors, reckless, blinded with pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So you can underline lovers of God. That's what we want to be. So the world's filled with ones that are spoiled and preoccupied. And the older you get, uh, typically the more like this you get. We're dealing with uh, some hotel developers, and you can just see they love their money. The more they make, the more they love it. And it's just uh, not too uh, open. I talked to one of them about the Lord, and he said, I'm, I'm comfortable where I, I'm comfortable where I'm at, and move on to the other conversation. I talked to a young person about the Lord, and they're uh, not so preoccupied. They want to know. Actually, where are you, uh, Roy? Are you here, Roy? Did Roy make it from Brownsville? Roy, Roy, stand up, Roy. I met Roy about five weeks ago out there in Brownsville. And young face, told him we're going to start a club at his university. He looks at me. What would you tell me, Roy? 
What did you tell me that day? We had that yeah. Well, about I'm open to learn something new. That was your word. Something like, I want to learn something new. I want to see about this club, yeah. right? This total stranger yeah. walked up to him, said, we're starting a club. You want to sign our petition to start the club? Signed it right there. He's one of the founding fathers of the club at TSC. Yeah. I want to learn something new. I want to see about this club. Totally open. Okay, thanks, Roy. Okay, open, uh, number two, let's read that. Sisters, open to do a new thing. He wanted to be a new club, something new. I want to learn something new. He's here because he wants to learn. All right, let's read it, sisters. Luke, and Mary said, behold, the slave of the Lord. May it happen to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How about it, Mary's sisters? This was to be impregnated by... God the Father, to bear the Son, Jesus Christ. Are you willing to be saturated with the triune God sisters to bear the Son of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to say, behold, the slave of the Lord? May it happen to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Would you be open, sisters, to bear the Christ? Do unto me. It says, behold, the slave of the Lord made happen to me according to your word. Such an open person. When the Lord finds someone open, oh my goodness, can he ever move? Can he ever spread? He's looking for open, young people who are open. Oh my goodness. And these ones we're going to talk about, they were open. They were young and they were open to the Lord. Just simply opening, opening. Not that you're going to, uh, be somebody special or try to carry something out in your own life. You just open to the living God. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm open to you. I want you. Do in me according to what you want to do. When he finds a heart like that, he will flood you. Amen. He will use you Amen. and you will become a group of age turners. How about that? Okay, then let's go on and look at uh, Samuel. We'll just look at two of these in the Old Testament. Samuel, turning the age to the kingdom. Okay, so this was a time when the children of Israel, the Jews, were degraded. The priesthood was degraded. There was very little speaking. The word of God was rare. Visions were very rare, visions of God. And so he had to call someone out. And he called a young boy named Samuel for his move. So let's uh, read A together. How about the brothers on A? And then the verse. Okay, so here's uh, Hannah, the mother, who is uh, consecrating her son. She's asking for a son. And if you give me a son, I will give him to you all the days of his life. So this is consecration, offering ourselves to the Lord. Some of you, 
I know your parents. Your parents either went to UT Austin or I met some other way. And I know that uh, your parents consecrated you to the Lord before you were born. Even uh, asking, if you give me children, Lord, if you give me the gift of children, they're yours. I'm giving them to you. I'm loaning them. You have a need, Lord. So I know some of you personally. And I know this was the case with your parents because I knew your parents as young people. <laughs> Others of you, maybe your parents weren't consecrating you to you. I've met some of you who were not raised in a Christian home. And you are the first one in your family to receive the Lord Jesus. Uh, that was God's arrangement with your family. And we're praying that the rest of your household would be gained by the Lord. Amen. This is called household salvation. Yeah. Now, how about you stand up if you're the first one in your family to receive the Lord Jesus? How about, let me see, how many of you are in this situation? If you're the first one in your household to receive the Lord Jesus. Oh, my. Okay. Very good. Okay. No, okay, the Lord, the Lord... You were not raised in a Christian home, but the Lord is starting to, with you to gain the rest of your family. So you need to pray with your companions one by one. You pray together one by one for those in your family until all of them are re regenerated by the Lord. Okay, others of you were um, born in godly families, like we said. Some were not. Uh, and so some of you were consecrated by your parents, and others were not. But for all of you, I want to share a verse with you in Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, or verse 5. And I shared this, with, this verse with my daughter. We just had a grandchild about a year ago. It's exciting to have a grandchild. <laughs> And there was some complication with that birth. And my daughter called me concerned whether the child would make it or not. And uh, we had some prayer. Uh, and then I read these verses to her. Uh, verse 5, to assure her that what was going on in her womb was according to the triune God. This verse from Jeremiah says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So he was forming my grandchild in the womb. Not just forming, but knowing that child, Kate. And then it says, And before you came forth from the womb, I sanctified you. So the Lord was in the forming of this child in the womb, knowing this child and bringing this child forth. She was sanctified. Before you came from the womb, I sanctify you. So in the womb, this grandchild was sanctified. And then in Jeremiah's case, I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. A prophet is simply a fancy word for one that speaks for God. So don't put profiting, you know, the prophets are not some super people. All God's people are prophets because we all have a mouth and we all can speak for God. So whether you were consecrated by your parents 
uh, or you're consecrated yourself once the Lord called you, or you may reconsecrate yourself this weekend, uh, be assured that your coming forth was of the Lord. And your being here today is of the Lord because he's calling you for his purpose, for his move. Okay, and then uh, B under Samuel. Uh, let's read B. Let's all read the verse. So here's Samuel, who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. So he found an open young person who would do according to what is in God's heart. Everybody has things in their heart. You have something in your heart. You have something in your mind. You may have you know, kind of charted out the course of your life according to what's in your heart, what your desires are, what's in your mind. But here's an open one who said, do according to, the Lord said, my heart and my mind. And then Samuel was used by the Lord to turn the age to the kingdom. A huge turn. So this shows not caring for his own interest or gain, but caring for what is of God's heart and mind. So we have a choice. Will we take his mind and his heart or our own? And will we, be, will we go down in history as an age turner and someone used by the Lord? Or will we be forgotten? Andrew, why don't you come up here? Andrew is the UT student. I don't know Andrew that well, but I'm getting to know him. I think he's accounting or finance, or what are you? Uh, MIS. MIS. Okay, see, I told you I didn't know him that well. MIS. <laughs> but he impresses me as a bright, young student with a future in MIS. Uh, Andrew, what is your dad's name? Ernest. Ernest. What does your dad do? Uh, he's an engineer. Oh, engineer. And what about uh, his dad? What's your grandpa's name? Uh, er, er, Ernst. Uh, Ernst. Uh, Ernst. And what did, what did he do for a living? I uh, worked in a machine shop. Uh-huh. Where did he live? In Chicago. Okay. And what about his dad? Farmer. What was his name? Albert. <laughs> Sure. Uh, you're kind of fading there. Sure. How about on your mother's side, your great-grandfather on your mother's side, your great-grandmother on your mother's side? What was her name? This is your great-grandmother. Great-grandmother's side? Yeah. Uh, Hort Hortense? Hortense. <laughs> and what does she do? Stay-at-home mom, I believe. <laughs> No, you're making this up, Andrew. No, I'm not. I, pro I promise you I'm not. You're not making it up. Okay, he's got a good memory. Racking my brain there. So. Okay, what's my point here? I, it's a lot, different, a lot more difficult. Yeah. My point is, even your own offspring, no matter what you did, how much you achieved, even your own offspring, a generation, two or three out, you're forgotten. Doesn't matter how high you climbed, how great an engineer your dad is, 
Your son, your grandson, if the Lord gives you children, probably won't know Ernst. You probably will forget his name, too. Okay, you said that. If you'd gone one generation up, I would have forgotten. Okay, one more generation. He said he's blank. What's my point here? Okay. Caring for your own interests and gain. If you care for your own interests and gain, you'll soon be forgotten. But if you care for what is in God's heart, you'll go down in history, just like Samuel. You'll be not only in the book of life, but you'll also be recorded in God's move, eternally etched in the record of the divine move. How about that? I know you all want to be big shots and rich and famous, right? But you'll be forgotten in this age, even your own offspring, Elizabeth can't remember what grandma's name was. She was a sweet lady, but she's gone. But you follow God's move, and you will not be forgotten. Amen. Okay, good. And then uh, C, by speaking. Okay, let's all read these verses. Okay, so he ministered to Jehovah. That means he was attentive to Jehovah. He waited on Jehovah. He was in contact with the Lord as a boy from his youth. And then he began to speak for Jehovah. So God's move, and it says here that the word was rare. God's speaking was very rare. There was very little speaking. That's why God's move was very, uh, very minuscule. But when Samuel was raised up, then he began to speak, and actually his speaking turned the age. So when you think of God's move, I want you to equate that with God's speaking. God moves through speaking. This throne, this river that's flowing out of the throne and flowing, that we saw in the first message, is through God speaking. Even it says in Hebrews that God speaks through the Son. So God's Son coming was God speaking. That's God's move, God speaking. So if God's going to move through you, what does that mean? It means our mouths need to be open. We need to be ministering to the Lord to receive the speaking of God. But if it stops right there, then it, he can't move further. Yes, God is moving inside of you. God is operating inside of you. That is God's move. His working in your inner parts. That's God's move. But that's not the, that's not the final stage. He needs to move in you until it comes, he comes out of your mouth and you open your mouth to someone else. That's God's move. So you see Samuel was in God's move by opening his mouth, by getting his mouth open and speaking about what the Lord has spoken to him. So on the campuses, if we're there and our mouths are shut up, then God's move is not going forward on our campuses. But if our mouths are open and we're speaking Christ, 
uh, and we're opening to share the gospel, even tell people I'm a Christian, hi, I love the Lord, hi, I like my Bible. Something that identifies you with the Lord Jesus. Then you are practically in God's move. At that moment, God is moving through you and out of you into someone else by speaking. So I want you to underline the word speaking. When you remember Samuel, there's a lot of great things about Samuel, but I want you to remember the word speaking. His move equals speaking. We have to be speaking. That's the way the river flows. It's through our mouths, from our spirit, through our mouths. Okay. Then let's go on to Daniel. Let's read uh, Roman number three. Okay, I want you to circle the word companions here. With Samuel, he did have some that he, like Jonathan, that he was close to and others. uh, But in Daniel, we see the stronger companionship. So when we talk about you speaking and about God's moving through you on the campus, We're not talking about you as an individual. We're talking about you group with other young people. You have to get this concept, and God's move is through groups of people. Groups of people that are serving the Lord, opening the Lord, and they're speaking about the Lord. So let's, uh, how about the sisters? Uh, Why don't you stand up? Because this was Daniel standing up. How about all the sisters? Stand up. Stand up to be an anti-testimony and separation, and why don't you read verses in Daniel, sisters? Go. But Daniel set his heart not to defile himself with the king's choice provision and with the wine that the king drank. So he requested of the leader of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And Daniel said to the steward, whom the leader of the eunuchs had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Okay, good, thank you. So, in this case, the Trump Israel had uh, fallen away from the Lord, and the Lord allowed the Babylonians to come and capture them and take them away from Jerusalem take them away from their land. And so now they're in captivity. They're captives. They're slaves. But these young overcomers were there, and they would not allow, in that environment, like in today's world, which we all live in on the college campuses, it's the epitome of the world on the campuses. We're living in a, a cesspool. We're living in a defiled environment, just like these young captives, and many of the people around you are captives. They'll say, I'm free. I'm a free thinker. I'm a free man. I make my own decision. Well, they're blinded. Everyone is a slave. Every human being is a slave. Let's say that. Every human being is a slave. Yes, you're a slave. And yes, the people who are denying God and thinking, I'm a free man. I'm a free thinker. I'm a self-made man. They are a slave. They just don't know it. They're so enslaved and so duped and deceived, they don't even know that they're a slave serving who? Satan. This is clear in the Bible. Their master is Satan. Their master is sin. 
when Master comes and says, when, my, when I'm the Master and I come to them and say, sin, guess what he does? He sins, because I'm the Master and he's my slave. Right? Right. Okay. But now, if I'm, he's a Christian, he's the Lord, and he serves me, and I say, love the Lord Jesus, or share my word, amen. amen. He follows me. Amen. Good. All men are slaves. So these were in captivity. But, listen, in that captivity, this group of young men, they overcame. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians wanted to teach them their learning, teach them their language, change their names, and change their diet. Wow, what an immersion. You're coming into our society. Forget about anything you've learned. We're going to teach you our learning. We're going to teach you our language. We're going to change your name, and you're going to eat our food, our diet. Wow, what a total reconstitution. But Daniel and his companions said, no, we will not take that diet. This test us. Let us give us a chance. Ten days, and after those days, they gave him a strict diet of, the, of eating not the king's dainties. You know, the world has its food. Why would so many people enjoy the world and go for the world? Because they're eating the things the world has to offer. There's a pleasure of sin. There's a pleasure of uh, lusting. There's a pleasure of self. There's a pleasure. There's, that's, that's why they're gobbling it up. And while they're gobbling it up, Satan is growing larger and larger. But these young men, no. We are setting ourselves apart. We will eat the godly food. We will serve our God. That food, by the way, the reason they rejected it was it had been offered to idols. It was sacrificed to idols, false gods, and they knew it, and they took this food in front of Daniel and said, eat it, eat it, we're sacrificed to our idols, become an idol worshiper like us, eat it, eat it, eat it. <laughs> no, I will not eat it. You know, today on the internet, oh my goodness, it's just filled with the Babylonian and Chaldean food. It's just so abundant. I mean, it's on, cha- it's on everywhere. And if you're, I think the average number of hours a young person spends on that screen, some screen, is nine hours per day. Think about the consumption rate of eating all that worldly diet. So you smell like the world. You talk like the world. You act like the world. You dress like the world. You are pickled with the world because that diet is what you are. And you're eating that diet. Some are eating that diet with their companions. So they are just being swept along. But these young men, they were used by the Lord. They stood against that as an anti-testimony. That's why Paul tells Timothy, flee you for lust. Flee it and pursue. Okay, then B, let's have the guys on B. Why don't you stand up, guys, on B? Let's read the title there. Reading God's Word. Okay, keep standing. Read Jeremiah 29.10. For thus says Jehovah, when 70 years are fulfilled for Babylon, I will visit you and establish my good word to you to bring you back to this place. Okay, 70 years. Now read, read Daniel 9. Go.
Good, okay, so you can sit down, underline means of the Scripture. I understood. The only way we're going to counter this age is if we're in the Scriptures, if we're in the Word. This book alone is a source of truth and life and light, and if we're not in it, we will be just like all the others that are walking in darkness. Apart from this, and there was an attempt in the earlier years, and we'll touch on this a little bit tonight, to destroy every Bible, to kill every Christian, and destroy every copy of the Bible, to wipe the earth clean of any record of this person of Jesus Christ, because it is the light of the world. And eventually, some young people will be pickled with this word so much that they will be overcomers and they will turn this age. It will happen. It is recorded in the Bible. This day will be coming. A group of people will fulfill God's heart and God's purpose. Will it be you? Can we say amen? Amen. There will be a group of people that will be so reconstituted. They will bring in the next age. They will be here on the earth when the Lord Jesus descends out of heaven They will receive him, and they will begin the kingdom age. There will be a group of people like that. Will it be us? Will it be you? If it's going to be you, why don't you stand up and say, How about me, Lord? I want to be that people. Lord, according to your heart and will, do it in me. Okay, good. So the key was to be enlightened in the Word. So the point here in Daniel, I want to emphasize, is the Word. The speaking Daniel had, I mean Samuel had, because he ministered to the Lord, he had the Lord's Word, so he spoke it. And in this section on Daniel, emphasizing two things, companions, though you're not alone, you'll never make it alone, we've tried that, it doesn't work, you have to have companions, and you have to have the word coming in. So we want to have Chris Hall come up here. We're going to show you a little uh, demonstration. And we want to see if some of you would take what we're calling a Bible read. Oh, hello, Chris. <laughs> you can take it from here. Let's all say, I read my Bible. I read my Bible. Okay, so IreadMyBible.org is a new tool that we've developed that's one year New Testament, the New Testament in one year. I read my Bible, and what we're going to do is if you decide to take the challenge this weekend and you finish the New Testament in one year, next spring, we're going to give you a free t shirt. Be excited. Yeah, give you a yeah. discount on the Spring College Conference. Okay, who in here likes free stuff? Who in here loves Jesus more than free stuff? Okay, see, we're doing good there. Okay, so number one, IReadMyBible.org has got two options, okay? We've got two options. Everybody say two. Okay, the first option is this. It's a Bible reading schedule that starts... This coming week, okay, some of you I know, it's hard to read the Bible. It's like climbing a mountain sometimes, okay? 
So we've got a Bible reading schedule that's going to start this week. And we've got to be like Daniel. We've got to get us some companions. And we're going to start on that one-year New Testament Bible reading schedule. Ah, let's all clap for the screen that just finally got working. Yes! Okay, let's go down. Now, um, okay, yeah, good. See, you see all the things, one-year Bible reading challenge, $20 discount. Okay, you have to sign up. Scroll down to the sign me up part. Everybody needs to go to the sign up on the website and sign up. If you want your T-shirt, if you want a discount at next spring's college conference, you got to? You got to sign up. Okay, so everybody's going to sign up. And then we've got two options for you. Um, number one, scroll down a little farther. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's actually go back up to that picture. Everybody say, wow. Okay, so what we've been experimenting with, um, there's been about 70 of us that have been experimenting with this tool this past spring. And we like it so much that we want to present it to you. Um, and it's reading the Bible, the New Testament, in one year via text message. It's actually possible. Okay, scroll down a little bit farther. Okay, it is possible once a day. Um, once you sign up, you receive a text message at 7 a.m. I know for some of us that's really early, okay? But a text message comes at 7 a.m. You're looking at your phone when you wake up. You've got Snapchats. You've got your five missed calls from your mom. You've got um, emails that you missed. Your professor is asking where you are. But also, in those notifications is your Bible reading for the day. So you swipe and you click, actually, and, and then you get those three, you get those, that, that diagram right there. You see, you've got a notification, you click on it, there's the address, John 6, and there's the time it takes, average, how long it takes to read that. What's that say? Two minutes. Wow. If you don't have two minutes of free time per day, we need to pray for you. It's got the average reading time on there, and then there's a link that you can click, and then on the far right here, you see that's John 6. It takes you to a website that's got the text for you right there, and also, I know there's sometimes that you just can't open your eyes, right? Does that ever happen to you? Yes, it does. Yes, it happens to me too. Sometimes you just can't open your eyes. So also, on that, within that link, we have the audio. Amen. All right. So if you, if you can't read it, if you can't bear to open your eyes, maybe you can open your ears. All right. So we just press play. So the way you sign up for that, the way you sign up for that, this is going to be hard. So you're going to have to follow this. You got to text 1YNT to that phone number. That's it. That's it. 1YNT to 512-686-3580, that signs you up. You'll start getting the text messages tomorrow morning, okay? That's option number one. You're going to be on the same Bible reading schedule. Now, that one's already started, so you have to know that. It's already started. We're in the book of Acts. But if you want to jump in with us, um, there's already a strong community of us that are reading, and form yourself a little group, read it, and then swipe over to your group text and tell your three or four buddies what you enjoyed, okay? It's good. We want to be like Daniel and his companions. Okay, option number two, scroll down. Option number two, start fresh from the beginning. If you want to start in Matthew chapter one, we've got a schedule up here for you. Right now, it'll finish next year at the Spring College Conference. What a glory to God it would be if you rolled up to Latham Springs having read the entire New Testament. Amen. It would be a wonderful thing. 
probably something that's recorded in Jehovah's holy book. Brother so-and-so read the entire New Testament. It would be a wonderful thing. So we've got the schedule for you. Again, we want to emphasize form a group, download the schedule, text your buddy what you enjoyed, and get the holy diet in, okay? So remember, I read my Bible. Say it again. I read my Bible.org. I know you've got no reception in here, so don't bother going to it right now. But later on, go to IReadMyBible.org, sign up so that we can keep track. We're going to email you regarding the t-shirt, whether you finished, whether you're going to be at the Spring College Conference next year. So we're going to keep track with that. And then we're going to give praise to Jehovah next spring when we see what God has done with our Bible reading. Maybe I should say our Bible eating. <laughs> okay. All right. Sound good? I read my Bible. And Brother Tim. Okay, thanks, Chris. Now we can turn the lights back on. Amen. So you can tell we have a lot of feeling about your reading the Bible. Without that, we will not be the ace turners. We will not have God speaking. We won't make it. The world is too strong. Satan is too powerful. In Christ, he can't touch us. Satan has no ground in Christ, and when we go to the Word, we get God speaking, and we're in the Lord in a fresh way. So the reason that some of us are on a reading schedule that's already in Acts is that we sync it with the beginning of the school year, because we want all of our students that we meet, uh, the freshmen, oh, by the way, let's have all the freshmen stand up. If you're a freshman... Let's stand up. All right. Okay. Young and in love. Thank you. Well, while we're at it, why don't we see how many sophomores made it? Sophomores, you're going on, carrying on. Okay. That's good. All right. And juniors, how about our juniors? Your responsibility is to take care of the freshmen, the sophomores. Sophomores take care of freshmen. You take care of freshmen and sophomores. And the seniors, you're our seniors. Okay, you got just a few months left. Unless you're a super senior, you only got a few months left for God's move on your campus through your speaking. So pour it on. So the reason we... Uh, start our Bible reading in September is that the freshmen we meet in the summer, we get them on a Gospel of John reading challenge, this little booklet right, this little Bible right here, and so they're used to reading the Bible with us. In fact, Abraham, are you here from Brownsville? Abraham, why don't you stand up? How are you doing on your Bible reading? You finished John? Finished John. We just met him about four or five weeks ago. We started on the Bible reading challenge in the group. He's already through John. Good job, Abraham. First time he's read all the way through John. And if he's on this Bible reading challenge, uh, he'll make it in one year. So it doesn't matter what schedule you're on. You can choose option one, option two. You may already be somewhere else in the reading schedule. Stay on it. It's not the particular schedule. It's reading the New Testament in one year we're interested in. The second option on this one shows reading the Old Testament in three years, starting with Genesis, but you don't have to do that to get 
the reward. Just the New Testament. But if you're going to go to this Bible school, this training sometime, they're going to ask you on your application, have you read the New Testament? Have you read the Old Testament? So those of you who are thinking that direction, you might want to get rolling on the old. Just a little heads up. It's coming your way. Uh, but for the reward, uh, the t-shirt, then we'll just, uh, just get to the New Testament. That'd be a great accomplishment. I can't, I just, I remember so well when I met the brothers. They helped me when I was your age. And I remember the first time I read through the whole New Testament. It felt so good. I'd read every word that God had spoken in his new covenant. And I just was so thankful that that book was in my hands. You know, people sacrificed their entire lives. They were burned at the stake that we would have that book in our hand. It's not cheap. It's 2,000 years old, though that record, and it does not bend with man's way, man's philosophy, the age. It is ever, ever true light shining. So if we're going to be in God's move, we have to be constituted with the word like Daniel and his companions. So it doesn't matter which schedule, any schedule, and it's on the honor code, so you just let us know I finished it, and then we'll, all, we'll bring your t-shirt, and we can, we'll have a t-shirt day, maybe next spring, one of the days, you bring your t-shirt, or no, I guess you'll be getting your t-shirt from us. We'll give them out, and maybe on Saturday, one year from now, all, a lot of you will be wearing whatever t-shirt we come up with. In fact, we're going to need some of you to design that t-shirt. If you've got some creative juices... Uh, how about Tino, where are you? Okay, that's Tino. Uh, if you want to be part of that design group, uh, why don't you coordinate with Tino after we dismiss this meeting. You go meet and say, hey, I'd like to be part of that group. And then we'll look at some different options and then we'll pick something and let you look at it and we'll all decide, we like that one, I want to wear that one. And then we'll, we'll make a church for you. Okay, is that good? Yeah. So with Daniel... If you flip the page, and we just have a few minutes left, uh, he also cooperated with God through prayer. He would pray three times a day. You know, if you're going to pray, pray, pray three times a day, it means it must be scheduled. I was thinking about this. How, how, come, I, how come I don't pray three times a day? How can Daniel, as a young person, because I do do some things three times a day. I eat three times a day or more. And I look at my watch, is it lunchtime? Yeah, okay, time to eat. I do accomplish eating three times a day because it's scheduled. So even if it's not a long time for prayer, maybe just start out with two or three minutes of prayer, but have something set and see if it would grow. And do it with your companions. And he was praying toward, uh, the, he, he would open the windows toward Jerusalem. So he was not praying for his own self. He was not praying for his own need. He was praying for God's move. And eventually God turned the age from captivity through the prayer. So we have to just skip over those verses. Uh, you can go back and read them. D is a self-sacrificing person. Uh, let's all read these verses. Y'all are uh, familiar with them being cast into the fire. Let's go ahead and read it. If it be so... How about that? Self-sacrificing. 
He's going to toss us into the, flame, the, the burning fire. We don't care. We're not going to serve you. It doesn't matter what you're going to offer us. We're going to serve our God and not your idols. We know the true God. The idols are false. It's a false life. It's not reality. We want reality. It doesn't matter what our end looks like. We're going to serve our God. And guess what the Lord did? They honored the prayer. They honored the plea and the fire. They came out not even smelling like smoke. Untouched, totally surrounded by the Lord. And then the bad guys who the bad guys got thrown into the fire and they, they were gone like that. So trusting in the Lord through our prayer and petition is a self-sacrificing person. Okay, now we have to go to the New Testament in our last minute or two. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this was a big turn. This was a turn to a new covenant, a new arrangement where God Himself came in the flesh, and he raised up John the Baptist. And John and A says he abandoned the substitutes. At that point, there were a lot of outward things in the old Jewish religion that were Christless. They were godless. And so he had to turn from that, those outward things, the, the regulations, the, the garments, the, the diet, the, the, the whole system, to a living person. The change is from a system to a living person. It's from something outward to a living person inward. That's the concept in this change. And it was brought about by John in his 20s and the Lord Jesus. And then you have uh, the apostles. Let's read uh, Roman number 5. The apostles, the initiation of the New Testament age. Then you have a little section on their calling. The Lord came. And because he was God himself and gaining people's hearts, they dropped their nets, they followed him. And even though in Luke, uh, Matthew 26, 33, Peter answered and said to him, if all will be stumbled because of you, I will never be stumbled. So uh, these ones were, especially Peter, were pretty confident in himself. So... This little section of verses here shows that the Lord doesn't need our natural strength. He doesn't need our natural zeal. He doesn't need our self-confidence. That's not good for God. That runs out, and it's only of man. God's move initiates with God. And his first work, after working through Jesus Christ, we saw last night, is to work Jesus Christ into you. That's God's move in you, and that's reconstituting you uh, just like uh, Peter here, after he failed, look at this one verse, it says, um, uh, Luke 22, the second verse, 32. Let's read that. But I have made petition concerning you that your faith would not fail, and you, once you have turned again, establish your brothers. So you will fail. Don't expect that you're going to live a perfect life, but that doesn't disqualify you. Your failure plus your repentance. Your failure, once you fail, repentance, that equals God's forgiveness. God will forgive you because he loves you, he needs you, he uses you, and that forgiveness will issue in God's move and God's building. So as young people, we will fail. As older people, we still fail. We repent to the Lord. Lord, I've failed you. That doesn't mean we're finished. He likes to forgive us and use us for his move. So don't let Satan knock you out of this move. 
Just repent, tell the Lord I'm sorry, and pick up and go on, and the Lord will strengthen you. And then finally, Paul completed the Word of God. Uh, very exciting life. Paul was probably the most open Christian, most open person, and used most by the Lord. Not only did he complete the Word of God and furnish the revelation we have, the majority of it in the New Testament, but he traveled for the Lord. He was on the move for the Lord. And so because of his traveling, and I think, think a lot of you are in internships this summer, and you're going to your campus. Some of us are going to be going on gospel trips this summer, and we're going to be going to campuses and speaking about the Lord. That's God's move. Moving, traveling, and speaking for God. Does that sound exciting? It's very exciting. We'll have some testimonies uh, soon about that. Okay, we need to stop this meeting uh, right now, and we're going to pick up the second session. So what we like to do is um, release all the high school seniors who came. Why don't you stand up if you're a high school senior? Let's see who you are. We're so glad you made it. Yeah. Welcome to the college, college level of Christ. And some of you are working with them. So you can uh, get up and go out to Miracle Hall. You and the ones working with you are dismissed. Uh, your meeting will go till noon, and then you'll come back, and we'll have baptisms. And if some of you want to get baptized, pray, pray about it, and maybe some of you high school seniors like to be baptized. We'll do that at noon. Uh, how about the rest of us? You want to just stand up for a minute? What's a little... Uh, how about uh, I Am the Living Bread? Let's stand up and sing that one. 